Heritage Church podcast. My name is Jason Fisher. I'm one of the pastors at Heritage Church in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, we are, one of the things that we love to do is get together with other people in our church. And the purpose really is for others to get to know the different people in our church. Sometimes we don't have a lot of time on Sundays or at different gatherings to really sit down with somebody. And so in many ways, this is a way to kind of get that conversation going. And so Today, I am joined by Tanya Sassanoff. Hello. Hey, Tanya. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. And yourself? I'm doing very well. Thanks for being here. For sure. And joining me here this morning. Um, so let's uh, just kind of kind of tell us really quick, like give, give somebody some context, like who are you, where might we find you, you know, on a Sunday or during the week, uh, kind of give us a, a sort of a context for, for you in, the, in Heritage Church. Sure. Well, um, I live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We love to travel, so we're, you know, gone a lot, but we try to be present as much as we can. Um, I'm either in the middle of the church service running after kids or (laughs) teaching kids or doing all that fun stuff, but... yeah. Yeah, so I love to be present at the church because we just love being here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, um, your, your kids. And, yeah, yeah, so we've got two boys. Micah is about to turn 10, and Lucas is about to turn 6. Um, yeah. They're definitely full of energy, yeah. and um, yeah, they're wonderful boys. But uh, yeah, and I have an awesome husband, Alex, yeah. who yeah. is the elder here, and yeah. he is, um, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, and, and you guys have been, you guys planted with us. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys have been with this church as long as I have, and uh, yeah. that's been a wonderful thing. It's been really cool to... Be on this journey with you guys. Yeah. yeah, vision nights. I remember Micah was premature, and you guys were praying over him at one of the um, vision nights. At, I can't remember whose house it was, but it's just amazing to see how. Yeah, I remember much. that. I think it might have been the Mikatix house or something. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not. But anyway, yeah. yeah, I remember that. I remember that time. Um, even though I don't remember where we were, yeah. I remember doing that, and uh, it's just really been cool to see. God's hand and and yeah. your guys's life and your family and and uh, yeah it's just a lot of fun. Um, what uh, t- so tell me a little bit about like your your like where'd you grow up like yeah let's kind of hear some of your story and yeah so I grew up in Ohio. Um, my parents are both from Serbia and okay. uh, my dad and my parents had to escape you know communism and a lot of things going on there and they're wow. in refugee camps before they came over to uh, United States and. My oldest brother was born in Serbia, and as they came over, the rest of the 11 kids were, or 10 kids were born in uh, Ohio. So I'm one of 12. If wow. I can do my math. Yeah. One of 12. One of 12. Where, so where do you fit in the lineup? I'm fifth. You're fifth. So okay. So four older, seven younger. So I say the middle child syndrome, I guess. Yeah. yeah well, there's like, <laughs> I guess there's like 10 yeah, of you with exactly. middle child syndrome. <laughs> What uh, it's so funny to ask this question because you know I'm gonna say what, what was it like growing up with that many kids in the house? Yeah. For you, it was normal. Yeah. You know, I have 
I have two siblings. Yeah. And already, like, just, you know, the fighting in the mornings for the bathroom and stuff like that. I can't even imagine yeah, what it was like with that many. It was pretty wild. Honestly, we, it was awesome. We grew up, we were very close family. We still are very close family. Yeah. Uh, ten of them still live in Ohio, and wow. I live out here, one yeah. brother in South Carolina. But just growing up, you, yeah, it kind of go with the flow. And I, I guess you grow, have to. You do. Yeah. yeah. My parents weren't, I mean, they were our amazing parents. They weren't yeah. fully hands-on because you can't, you know, sometimes, you know, my parents wouldn't even show up to a volleyball game or, hey, mom, you know, you got to come pick me up. Oh, yeah. which kid are you? you know, yeah, yeah. So, but, you <laughs> yeah, know, that's right. it, it was pretty wild and we were there for each other and just, yeah, it was just really fun. Yeah. Well, my, and my mind goes to silly things like, like, what would the, what did the family car look like? Oh, I, at that goodness. point, it's a... Uh, like a van, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. we laughed because one time when we were really young, my uh, aunt was telling us a story. They had this little Chevy, I don't remember what it was, like a two-door or a Beetle or something. And all of a sudden, you know, he pulls up to one of our friend's house and all, all these people start coming out. And they're like, how many people are in there? And then like six kids from the back come out. <laughs> we're all like, no car seats. We're just sitting on top of each other. And that's just how it grew up until yeah. we had a big van. But yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So what? Yeah, what are uh, what were some of the things that, that you guys like? You could play games, like like what kind of fun stuff do you guys do? What did what did vacations look like I with know. that many kids? It was so we always. I remember our um, Christmas vacation. We always got in the big van and drove like basically twenty some hours through yeah. the night and went wow. to Florida for two weeks. And so that was our vacations. We, you know, as my dad worked really hard, it was Your just... Your parents are hardcore. Yeah. It, and it, it's a lot to raise. I mean, I have two kids and I couldn't... I, they're <laughs> expensive. I couldn't imagine 12. You know, but add 10 more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just... It was fun growing up. It was, you know, I saw my parents, my dad working hard was a salesman. So he traveled mm. a lot. And But to see the how the Lord always provided, no matter what. Yeah. My parents made it great. And then, you know, with the economy, it they crashed and my mom I remember watching her at the store like having put items back because she couldn't afford it and that was like yeah. a reality like whoa that's different yeah but I, watching them do that that like melted my heart but to watch them have faith in God no matter what mm. it was just really awesome to see their faith in that yeah so you grew up in a Christian home yes yeah 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 so what was that like for you like is that my I'm I my story is you know I grew up in a Christian home and yeah. and couldn't necessarily tell you when I like I probably prayed the prayer ten times yeah you know but just really I've always experienced the presence of God in my life yeah and that's not everybody's story yeah is that your story or how, no. how or does it, is it different like what what was yours like yeah mine was actually really different I didn't come to know the Lord until I was twenty years old okay. um, I grew up uh, so the church we went to was really strict and okay. you know coming from Europe there's a lot of reasons why they had all these traditions a lot of strictness um, just because they were persecuted a lot with you sure. know, different things so um, growing up to I mean, I don't want to ever bash churches, and I don't, because I love, I'm so thankful for the church I grew up in. But there was a lot of things that were, there was a lot of rules set mm. instead of, like, Christ preaching. Yeah. And just I just remember, you know, people telling us, don't have sex or you're going to go to hell. But mm. nobody, I'm like, oh, wait, hold my beer or I light my cigarette. And yeah. so nobody talked about sins, and there was just a lot of things like that. So mm. a lot of rules, and when you put a lot of rules on kids and different things like that and don't explain the gospel fully, I think a lot of times people cause to rebel. So yeah. 
Um, I remember my girlfriend from high school coming to church with me, and she's like, man, your church friends are worse than our high school friends. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize what we were doing was, you know, as bad as our high school friends. So, yeah, and I I just remember the Lord being in college, working on my heart slowly, and, you know, just a lot of change started to happen just because I was seeking the Lord, Mm. and I was my sisters who were... Christians before me who are younger were like, hey, come to church camp. I'm like, church camp? I'm in college. Yeah. But um, going to church camp, that's where I met Alex, actually, and just hearing the gospel and hearing Jesus forgives no matter what you've done, and mm. Jesus loves you. And and that was a new message for it you? It was a new message how, for me. How did that land for you? Um, it was what I needed. That yeah. was the Lord right there, like convicting me, telling me, all right, go, go to church camp. And yeah. so I think for me, truly understanding that Christ died on the cross for my sins, mm. instead of being, hey, do this, do that, and then you'll be okay. And then God will love you or accept you. Exactly. Or, yeah. Instead of being a people pleaser, it was more like, oh, I need the Lord. I need mm. God. I need to please God. I need God to change me. I can't change. You know, I can't work and do all this stuff so i think that was the best message i could have ever heard and yeah so yeah Yeah. it was a lot of work yeah you know trying to reverse a lot of those things out of my life oh i'm sure i imagine in some ways you're still in process with that right yeah but it was also challenging in a good way where like i actually dug into the word of what does the bible say what was i taught and compared to just you know you know growing up with it and knowing that Christ died on the cross, I actually truly had to search for it and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You said something interesting about how your your parents coming from a persecuted mm-hmm. situation and how, I, I don't know, you, just, you, you correlated that with the strictness of the church that you grew up in yeah. and how for them you can kind of see how they went to that or maybe, I don't know if you would even say they needed that, Um it just made me, it just kind of made me think about that. Your experience, obviously, in that church was that it was too strict and so forth. But do you think that they actually thrived in in that context of well-defined rules, adhering to that because of their upbringing, what they had, what they had grown up in and so forth? And I'm, I'm not actually, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not asking you to like evaluate your sure. parents' faith or anything, yeah. but I don't know. It just made me think about, um, their context. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts on I that. I would say the church was more strict. My parents were more laid back. You uh-huh. know, I had a lot of friends where um, their parents wouldn't even, like for the girls especially, let them wear shorts. They couldn't play sports or anything because women had to wear head coverings and skirts and yeah. no makeup, no jewelry. Where my parents were more laid back, but they still had a lot of rules set because they grew up with that. And I think it's hard for them to break. Um, but I yeah. think they also believe that if I, at that certain time if i wore you know earrings or something like that like i'm totally sinning or doing something bad so i think there's they had to i mean they've completely changed and truly we've challenged them as we you know come to know more and more of what the bible said when we were younger yeah and i think we challenged them like no where does it let's search the scriptures so it was really good so them seeing a lot of the strict that was put on and the traditions that they were following more than what the Bible is saying was really challenging for them to see. Yeah. But it was good for yeah. them too. It just made me think, you know, I think sometimes I, I hear that because I experienced that as well, just yeah. more of a legalism and, yes. and strictness. And sometimes it's, it's kind of easy to sit back and condemn people totally. for just, oh, you're just about the rules and you're such a yeah. control freak and you're so hyper religious. When in reality, I think sometimes there's a, 
there's just there's a need in people to really separate themselves from the world yeah. or and 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 I think there's even an honest uh, interpretation of scripture to yeah. want to just take it really seriously, yeah. particularly, I think, in contexts where there is persecution or there is such a stark difference between the yeah. world around us and, and who God is calling us to be, which is true everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. It just it just puts me in a place of compassion towards totally. people who want to follow rules, who yeah. sincerely want to be holy. There's oh, just, totally. It's just misguided yeah. in many ways, and we lose sight of grace. Yeah. Just as we can overemphasize, we can get too lax too, I think, and I just totally using agree. grace as a get-out-of-jail-free card yeah. and forget that, oh, actually God calls us to holiness as well. Yeah. And, and they truly wanted to be set apart. They you, they wanted to be like, no, you know they're Christians because yeah. not just the way they dress, they wear skirts and hiccups, but they really truly wanted yeah. to be set apart. You know, for the Lord and I, my mom and my dad have the the most faith and genuine faith. It's just amazing to see them, how much they love the Lord, and so does the church. And like you just saying, misguided. Sometimes yeah. you just need to kind of get real back. Yeah. Into. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such. I mean, that's a that's a good desire to yes, want to totally. be separate. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, that's that's great. Thanks for sharing that. So do you, uh, do you, is it, do you speak Serbian? Is that, I is do. That the, did I, did I say <laughs> yes, that correctly? Right. Yes. Yeah. That was my first language actually in the home. No way. I did. I went to kindergarten. Yeah. I didn't speak English at all. And it's just really, But you grew up in Ohio. I grew up in Ohio. Okay. Yes. Cause my grandmother uh, lived with us. So, and my mom, you know, they spoke Serbian in the home. My dad had to learn English when he first came because he had to work. Yeah. But my mom was a streamstress then and uh, worked with Serbians, you okay. know, and she, yeah. so she only had that language our church was full of serbian so yeah. yeah and it's actually fun you know yeah speaking for the language sure and, yeah. yeah that's super cool yeah do you get back there ever over to serbia yeah it's been about 10 years okay. i need to get back yeah. our cousins come often especially as some of my siblings get married and i was married you know they come back a lot but yes i we need to get back there yeah we have cousins all over so, yeah it's a yeah. cool part of the world I, I we went through Yugoslavia when I was yeah. little back when it was still called Yugoslavia, yes. you know, in the in the 80s. But yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really pretty part of the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Uh, do you, are you teaching your kids Serbian at all? Yeah. So Micah, you know, for like two years, I just spoke Serbian to him. He understands it. And then he started speaking gibberish back to me. And that was his way of like, all right, mom, I'm done. Uh, they know that, you know, the things that when you're in the store and they're misbehaving, you know, I threaten with spanking or something. And that's your, yeah, that's your, your Serbian is your parenting voice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and to my husband, when the Serbian comes out, he's like, yeah, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. That's awesome. So yeah. Just if you ever hear Tanya speaking Serbian. Just walk away. Well, yeah, wide circles. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. That's really funny. Um, any any kind of like unique food or anything that you grew up with that you love? Yeah. So my mom only cooks Serbian food, mm -hmm. and so you got in a rotation of this. You know, you did paprikash, which is Hungarian, but um, they did a lot of the ethnic background, but um, stuffed, you know, peppers yeah, and I love sarma stuff. and all the things that they, yeah. yeah. So it's great. I love it, but I don't cook as much, you know, unless Alex or somebody asks for it. Because yeah. I grew up with it and you right. know, I'm like, yeah, let's try it's... something different. So, <laughs> but I do enjoy it. When we go back, my boys always ask for palachinka, which is crepes, you know. Oh, yeah. My mom makes like a, literally a hundred stuff. Yeah. Is it eaten so. like a dessert or is it more of a, is it a meal? Like a... It's more, no, dessert or breakfast. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, that's kind of how we make crepes too. It's totally. Dessert or breakfast, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, is that something you enjoy doing is cooking? Do you like to do I that? I love to cook, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Like what kind of stuff? Oh, man. So it's usually Alex challenging me. Like, you know, when we were first were married, I wasn't really in the kitchen cooking yeah. with my, because my mom, you know, 12 kids, like, get out of the kitchen. You guys can make a salad or something. Yeah. So I remember he's like, well, can you make me stuffed peppers? And I'm like, okay. Called my mom, got the recipe. And for an hour, I didn't realize, you know, what you, you just throw the ground beef in and you like break it up. Why yeah. need tiny little balls for like an hour? Because yeah. I said, that. that's yeah. what you do. And yeah. Alex is like, it tastes like your mom's texture's off. And my mom was just laughing. I'm like, well, mom, you never, you know, we were young. So from there, I'm like, all right, I'm watching Food Network. And then from that, it's become a desire. Yeah. I just love to cook and yeah. just uh, use that to bless others with it as well. Yeah. Well, I've, I've eaten several of your meals and they're always fantastic. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. You also make a mean Turkish coffee. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> what Was that something you grew up with as well? or I did. Yeah. 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 We That's, love that. As kids, we were drinking it. So. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you'd think with 12 kids, you'd want to sedate them, not give them Turkish coffee. I think it like brought us back down. Like we weren't as hyper. But yeah, no, we grew up with that. My grandma would make us some unique Serbian things. Yeah, yeah. We would eat, you know, raw eggs with sugar and with a spoon. and Raw eggs with sugar. Yeah, it's called muchka na yaya. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I know, doesn't it? Bless you. Yeah. But it's, yeah, so we ate some interesting things. They had interesting medical right. ways to heal us. And, All right. Well, yeah. if you're listening and you dare to try <laughs> raw eggs with sugar, then I'd love uh, love to hear back from you yes. on how that tasted. You just, just, to, just crack an egg in a bowl. Yeah. Pour some sugar on it and what do you mix it with a fork with, and you then just eat it with a straw or just we did a just spoon. kind of drink yeah, just yeah. a spoon. Okay. Yeah, Rocky, there you go. Let's see your muscles. <laughs> All right. Let's uh <laughs> love to hear from you. Yes. Uh so twenty, you came to faith in Christ. Yes. How did that like do you do you remember experiencing change there? Like what what was that for you? Obviously, you also met Alex kind of at that same time, so yes. a lot of life change going on there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of what was what was your journey there as you came to Christ? As you met Alex, obviously, eventually married him. Like, yeah. kind of fill in those blanks for us. Yeah. So coming to know the Lord was honestly just amazing. I can't even exp- I'm you know I speak emotions and feelings, and mm-hmm. I know that's can be taken a different way. But for me, I felt the next morning after coming to know the Lord Friday night and I woke up, I had the most peaceful sleep in my entire life. Wow. And I know that it's a feeling and emotion, but I want I always go back to that because I just know I had peace with God. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, yes, meeting Alex, I, I just remember him. He was different than all the other guys. Mm. He was quoting scripture, this and that, and I was never attracted to that, if that makes sense, like church. But for him, we became really good friends, and he challenged me a lot to get into my word, to pray, to find a uh, Bible study, or do, you know, he just really challenged me instead of going back to real life and then just getting into whatever, going back to the bar or whatever it was. So for me, it was really digging into God's word yeah. and just asking, you know, hey, even him, like through email, because this is before texting, uh, just emailing and just being like, hey, I'm struggling with this verse. What do, what do you, you know, what does this mean to you? Like, And so it was just really good and for me to walk by faith because a lot of my friends were like, well, you've changed. Like, hmm. they kind of 
stopped hanging out if that makes sense after a while because yeah, I, was I was gonna sh- ask if you lost some friends over I it. did because yeah. you know who wants to go to the bar and somebody's talking about Jesus we're like uh, we're not yeah yeah you know, so it was it was really awesome but to see that fire and to genuinely want to strive and um, then getting baptized and it was just really amazing to see how God worked through that all yeah yeah that's cool yeah and then uh, when did you and Alex get married we got married in 2003. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here, so, in, here in Phoenix? or No, in- we got married. Um, so I was in Ohio, and he was in Atlanta, Georgia at that time, and then moved to South Carolina. So yeah, okay. we got married in Ohio. Okay. So what brought you guys here? Uh, so Alex grew up here. His dad was a chiropractor, and as we were, um, yeah, he just was wanted to join his dad's practice and be with family. And so, yeah, we came out here. Yeah. Yeah. Unbeknownst to what this heat was, I never would have signed up for it, but I love it. It's great. Yeah. No, you don't. It's okay. <laughs> That's why we travel so much, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm right there with you. I, I always dread the this. I, I've, I've done a pretty good job this time of, of like just enjoying yes. the spring and the season. We've had a great winter. We sure have. But there's always that looming uh, summer that's coming. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. How long have you guys been here now? Um, trying to think, 2005. Okay. So yeah, coming up on 10 yeah. years and yeah, it's oh, crazy. I mean, 20 years. I was yeah. gonna say, add 10. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, time's flying. Yeah. Um, so you guys then came back here. Like, what what's next? You, did you start going to Scottsdale Bible Church right away? Yeah. So for a year, I remember meeting you guys there because yeah. you were serving in junior high ministry, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So we for about a year we were just praying about which church to go to, and we mm. um, went to where his parents were going for a little bit, and just really felt led. This is when Daryl was um, a pastor there, mm. and we just loved it and felt that's where God had us. And so it was a big church, but we had to find our little, um, you know. Sunday school class or something just to get plugged in because yeah. you can get lost. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then Soma and then Club 56 because of my nephew who stayed with us for a while. We got plugged in there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then that's where we met you and Soma. You yeah. prayed over us actually because Alex and I were going through infertility. And yeah. you were the pastor I'm, at that time there I and you prayed that. over us. And it's just like how God intertwined this everything. I know. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, do you mind talking a little bit about sure. just kind of your journey with kids and, and stuff? And yeah. I mean, yeah, what what how, what's that been like for you guys? And yeah, so we were married, you know, pretty young, so we wanted to wait a few years, you know, uh, just to enjoy just being married. And then, um, you know, we just we struggled, and so we knew, you know, being one of twelve, I'm like, well, my parents didn't have any issues. Yeah. What's going on? So we just. I knew, you know, with me, I had some issues with my bones and with my um, hormones and all that different things. So we went to the doctors and figured out that it's probably never going to happen mm. just because we, my pituitary gland just doesn't work. Yeah. So, you know, we did IVF for years yeah. and that was a struggle. That was hard, you know, basically, you know, and putting jet fuel in you and just your, everything was really hard. And so... After our fourteenth miscarriage, you know, with we were pregnant multiple wow. times and with multiple, you know, yeah, wow. on Mother's Day, on all this stuff, uh, it just it was hard. Yeah. And, um, what was that like for you? Like, what was your how did that affect your relationship with the Lord and in the middle of that? If and if you, uh, yeah, if you can believe it, I know people don't believe me. I'm like, it really didn't. We I didn't blame God. I didn't. Yeah. I you know. It, we fasted, we gave everything to the Lord, and it actually drew us closer to God. Yeah. Um, you know, with Alex and I, you could tell it was a struggle with, um, 
you know, our marriage was doing great, but it still was hard to talk about it at yeah. times. And he was more quiet. I'm more open. Mm-hmm. I blurred everything out. He holds it in. So that was, a um, that was, you know, a little bit challenging with that. And especially with our last egg that when we did that, and then after a few yeah. weeks when we miscarried, that was when I kind of like just retreated and like had a lot of anger build up. And I remember just having Alex challenge me. He's like, just read James all the way through every day for like a month. And that would just help me just to be able to get some anger. I mean, I went to um, counseling. We did some things just to be able to process that for yeah. me. Yeah. And I, But I always wanted to adopt. Yeah. You know, when I was in um, saving up for our wedding, I was, you know, working four jobs. And I was nannying for his family that they ended up adopting the little boy. And I just fell in love with that kid. And mm. I, I told Alex, I'm like, I, I want to adopt one day on top of have biological children. And um, honestly, the moment with Micah, Micah's story is just gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's God-written. And after we've had um, a few things with our agency. You know, They always call it a paper pregnancy. The moment you start your adoption to when you usually get a child in your arms. Well, with ours, it took a little longer because we... We were picky, if that makes sense. Picky with, you know, if a birth mom's doing drugs or, you know, different things. And um, so it, we had some people fall through. Mm. We found some people that were pregnant and then they end up parenting, which is great. Yeah. But it still is like another miscarriage, you know? Yeah. That's got just a lot of loss. Yeah. There was. In the middle of that. Yeah. That's, that must have been really, really difficult. It was. Yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So, what can you like what what what's the story with Micah like how did that all transpire yeah so um Micah we got a call about a little boy born premature six weeks early Mm -hmm. down in Tucson and um they don't know what's going to happen how long he's going to be in NICU and so we're just waiting and I remember um it was Mother's Day and I was at church and my phone was on but it didn't go off at church until I walked out and, of course, it was an emotional on Mother's Day. I've been yeah. pregnant multiple times, yeah. and you have that desire. And I walk out, and our phone goes off, and it was the agency saying, hey, the hospital is going to release this child. He's two and a half weeks old, thriving. With, uh, not thriving, but just growing, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, and so you need to come down. We don't know how long. We don't know what's going on. So we packed for like a month. And um, the night before, it's funny, we played the Wii until 1 in the morning. That's how young we were. I'm like, oh, I wish we would have had a full night's rest, right, before you have a child. So we go down, and on Mother's Day, the agency didn't show up yet, but the birth mom and dad were there. And her and I go into NICU, and she's handing him to me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she's bawling. I'm just stunned because this is not happening. Right. No way. On Mother's Day is the yeah. birth mom handing this sweet little four-and-a-half-pound baby yeah and so we were able to be in there for a while the agency came the birth parents left and alex and i were just kissing the mica for like four hours like yeah. literally and it yeah. was like finally 10 o'clock and i'm like oh let's go get something to eat and we'll be back so we um you know put micah in his little incubator thing and you know the nurse was really firm she, you know you kind of have to yeah and as we uh come back after 20 minutes mike i need to see my son i want to come back I mean, no paper was signed, yeah. nothing. He wasn't officially ours, but he was ours. Yeah. And the nurse is like, you know, said the sweetest thing, and I'm going to cry. Mm. We walk in, and she said, that little boy, the moment you walked out, starts moaning like a little puppy dog after you because nobody's been holding him. Wow. For two and a half weeks, nobody's been kissing on mm. him. 
And I, that's all my, I will never put you down. And yeah. we're like, you know. So we were there in the hospital for three days. Um, the birth parents um, said, we want to say goodbye to him. So we were released at 1. They couldn't get off work till 11. Yeah. So we had all this time to kill. And we ended up meeting at IHOP at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and, yeah, IHOP of all things. That's the only good time to go exactly. to IHOP, actually. <laughs> but this is also the Lord, how he orchestrated it. Um, and I told the waitress, hey, can you put us somewhere quiet, somewhere in the back? Uh, because we were meeting, we are going through adoption, this and that. And she just stopped. And she said, I'm adopted. Wow. And we're like, what? She's like, what you're doing is beautiful. Like, Gosh. it was just really yeah. amazing how, and even through that, I'm like, Lord, how can we witness to, you know, the birth parents? And I remember um, just Ashley asking me, well, my parents tell me I'm living in sin because I had a baby and we're still living together. What do you think? And I'm like, well, this paperwork's not signed yet, but I don't care. Like, I'm going to preach the gospel to you. And yeah. I shared with her just what the Bible says. And, it, you know, a week later, without the birth parents answering their phone calls, we finally got them together and they signed the paperwork and Michael was ours. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's a, that's, yeah. What an amazing story just to see God's provision in that. And Amen. yeah. And he's, yeah, he's such a sweet kid and he's going to be, I was just imagining as you were talking about, about him, like, he's going to be like 15. You're like, he's going to be like, mom, lay off. Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. Stop cuddling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. But. And then, and then you got Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. 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 And that was a completely different story because the night before, like, you know, Micah was almost four. Okay. And we um, finally were, Alex and I were talking, we were praying, and we're like, all right, I guess we're just going to have an only child. We've been trying to adopt again. It's not working. It's process. Same feelings again? Like, what did it, that bring up just oh, all yes. these things again? It yeah. Did. yeah. It brought up all those emotions and wow. all those crazy things that I, I thought I had let go but I just must have suppressed down and just truly but um and it was the Lord again the yeah. next morning we got a phone call wow. that there's a lady girl that picked us and I'm like no Lord I said no I'm done <laughs> like this is I made up my mind but I'm like man I should have said that like four years ago right? so um his journey was a little bit different his was harder because um the birth mom wanted me at every appointment. She wanted me, you know, mm -hmm. present. And that was hard because yeah. I relived every ultrasound for me and all this. Oh, and wow. Micah would come sometimes and see on the screen, oh, there's my brother. And that was beautiful, but that was so hard. I mean, Cause, I was... Because nothing was official at that point, right? No. Yeah. She could have so just... Yeah. You, wow. So yeah. it's just so much faith in the middle of that, especially now that you have a child. Yes. That is also going to be affected. Yes. And he's been praying for a brother yeah. and, or a sister. And, uh, and I was even in the delivery, I cut the umbilical cord and I did not want to be there cause it was just so hard, wow. but I'm so thankful I was. And that yeah. was another thing that the Lord just had, man. Yeah. Well, I just, yeah, I, I just see just a ton of faithfulness in you mm -hmm. and a trust in the Lord that is just so remarkable. And, and, uh, yeah, it's inspiring. And I hope that other people hearing this are uh, are moved and inspired by by you and your story and your faith in the Lord. And obviously, I know that I know your heart in it, and that is that God gets the glory. And that's I, I certainly hear that in your story. And um, we're actually out of time. There's so much more, but um, I hope it's okay to just say if you're listening and you see Tanya and just want to 
hear more of her story and get to know her more. I'm sure you'd be, yes. be willing to sit down and, and, uh, make some other, make some time. So totally. It's God's story, so yeah. that's what... Yeah, I encourage you to do that. So, uh, yeah, as always, there's so much more to talk about. I uh, really appreciate you being here. Um, and then we, we always end in kind of a silly, dumb way with these <laughs> random questions. All right. Uh, but, they, you know, they bring out some things in people, and I really just kind of pick a random one here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you might not see. want to hear my answer. Okay. <laughs> How was your driver's test? Actually, it was really good, except for the guy told me that I drive too fast. Yeah. So, but he passed me. Yeah. Yeah, it was the, actually good. Does, do you have anybody in your life today that says you drive too fast? Well, the other day, <laughs> Lucas, Mom, you ran that red light. I'm like, it was yellow. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> it was yellow. Yeah. You no, know, but he's just watching you. Like, oh, yeah. That's so... Yeah. That, uh, I, remember, I remember kids... I had a moment where Jesse in the back, he was in his car seat and the light had turned green and the person in front of us didn't go. And I hear Jesse from the back going, come on, (laughs) which I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what I say. (laughs) Yep. It's pretty terrifying when you're, when you know how astute your kids are in the back seat. Yes. The more is caught than taught. That's been always (laughs) what we say. I'm like, oh, I need to be a better example. I'm like, yeah. yeah, so your driver's test was fine. It was great. All yeah. right. Well, that's good. Yeah. I failed parallel parking. Oh, no. That's back when parallel parking was Between a thing. Between the cones, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you go on your 16th birthday to get your driver's license? I think I did. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Yeah. And I'm not dogging on anybody, but I don't understand uh, all these like younger people who wait to get their driver's license. Yeah. I was there on my birthday, yeah. could not wait to get my driver's license. Yeah. So. I mean, that's freedom. I mean, being one of 12, you don't have to be in that big bus van. Seriously. I mean, I was like literally five feet tall driving the big van. That's where I learned how to drive. Yes. Did you have to parallel park that thing? No, I, I can't remember. I think I used my sister's little Jetta. But okay. I think it was stick shit. No, maybe it wasn't. I remember. It was just, yeah. Yeah. I did really well with that. That's so a huge rite of passage, it. isn't it? It is. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jason. Well, I appreciate your candor. Yes. All right. Tanya, uh, as always, a pleasure. Um, to those of you listening, thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to know more about our church, you can go to heritagechurchaz.com. Again, my name is Jason Fisher. I'm one of the pastors. Uh, And uh, if you ever want to check us out online or or even come in person, it'd be great. We'd love to meet you. Uh, Until then, we'll see you or talk at you next time.